I'm really... <laughs> this is our 10th attempt at this. So please don't make me do it again because I don't want to miss the shallow performance on the Oscars. We are dinosaurs living in a park. <laughs> That's, that'll do. Basic Cable. We have a very special episode. Oh, say hello, Lucas. I'm here. Hello. It's me, Lucas. <laughs> we have a very special episode all about the Jeopardy All-Star Games. Yes, and I will tell you right now, the audio is not the greatest, but the content is well worth sticking in it for. There is no other podcast that is going to break down this show in a way that myself our lovely Carly, and our good friend Kevin did. Yes, we recorded this over Skype, so it's not our typical audio levels, but it is pretty good. I think you will all survive and really enjoy our friend Kevin. He is just such a game show guru. He's got great insights, so well-researched. He knows what he's talking about, and um, I think we'll have him on to talk about a lot more than just Jeopardy. Yes, absolutely. So, without any further ado, here's our conversation with Kevin about the Jeopardy All-Star Games. See ya! Everyone, this is Kevin. Kevin is Lucas and I's good friend and my former co-worker. Kevin, say hello to the Basic Cable audience. Hello, BC audience. BCA, <laughs> hello. What's up, Basic Boys and Basic Girls? <laughs> basic Boys and Basic Girls. Is, is the audience BCA, Basic Cable audience? Um, they haven't given themselves a fandom name yet, but oh. that could work. They're leaning towards basic bitches. Oh, I think that's great. Basic bitches is good. <laughs> so, Kevin, give us a little bit of rundown about your love of game shows and your own personal experience because yeah, Kevin is a game show winner. Yeah, let's not short sell Kevin here. Kevin is a game show guru. And Am I short selling? I, th- I think we are a little bit. This. Well, first off, I am a short person, so I'm offended by the word short sell. But second off, I'm a major game show fan. I love game shows. I've watched game shows all my life. Love them. I know everything about them. They're so much fun. And they're a blast. And yes, I was, drum roll, boom, 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 on Wheel of Fortune in 2010. And I won $83,045. What? Woo! Is that in cash and prizes or just cash? Cash and prizes. I won a trip to Amsterdam, which was amazing. It was incredible. What? But yeah. the rest was in cash. Say what, Kevin? Lucas interrupted you. <laughs> oh, I said the rest was in cash. <laughs> that is amazing. How did you get on the show? I was in college, and I was graduating college, and my friend was interning at the state of the TV station that airs Wheel of Fortune. She was on the website. I looked at the website when she was on it, and it said, Wheel of Fortune in town. And I said, where and when is that happening? And then I went to the audition, and it's the Wheel Mobile, which goes around the country to find contestants. It came to Savannah, Georgia, and I went to it. They have, like, a lottery, like a bingo sort of thing where they put everyone's name in, and they turn the thing and pick random names out my name was chosen first i was on stage she asked me about myself and i sang ymca which was hilarious (laughs) 
because I That's said on the really on brand for you, dude. It's so on brand. And they said, I, I, I felt like singing and dance. And they said, oh, sing for us. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to sing. No, no. No, please sing. No, please, no. Please sing something. No, oh, okay. And then, of course, I was like, I have to sing something or I'm going to ruin this. So I sang YMCA. <laughs> Our movements and everything. <laughs> oh, Yes, Kevin is a person, a star, truly, um, yes. but not a not a singer yeah, like me. An audition I got on, basically. Hum us a few bars, babe. I'm not gonna hum us a few bars. Um, we do not enough karaoke out here, Kevin. Oh. Yeah, our karaoke game is really slacking these days. Oh no! It sounds like this weekend you should do it. Yes. Um. So yes, Kevin is a game show guru, game show winner, and. Can you tell us a little bit, like, behind the scenes, what it actually is like to be on a game show? I can tell you everything you want to tell, want to know. <laughs> First off, um, most people, the, probably the question most people ask is, do you meet the host? Do you get to talk to them the whole time? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, absolutely not. Like, literally what you saw on TV, the interaction with the host, is as much as I saw Pat Sajak and Vanna White. Like, that was it. I basically did not talk to them at all until the show started, pretty much. Most of the time, you're there all day with the other contestants in like a little room, the green room in the back or something, and you're practicing the game, you're getting your makeup on for TV, of course, and um, you're just kind of, you know, relaxing, eating lunch and practicing the game and and sometimes watching the other games, depending on um, what it is. Most game shows, if they're 30 minutes, tape five shows a day. Wow. Hang on, dude. You, you said you were eating lunch. Did they have craft services for the contestants? That's exactly what it was. Yes. Well, what yeah. was it? Sandwiches? Yes. Pasta salad? Sandwiches, fruit, you know, salad, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> um, and <laughs> did you like your fellow contestants or was it sort of a competitive atmosphere where you were really not talking to each other? No, everyone was super nice. When I was on, at least, everyone was super nice. And we, of course, we wanted to win, but. Um, no, everyone was really nice. I'm actually still friends with a couple of them now. Like, I still talk to them pretty <laughs> that often. That was a very, like, Jiminy Glick question. Which other contestants did you loathe? I didn't ask if he didn't like them. I just meant, like... Did you loathe the other contestants? Well, as we segue into Jeopardy, I imagine it's probably pretty tense backstage for Jeopardy because, you know, it's, you know, a little bit more trivia, high stakes, as opposed to Wheel of Fortune, where you can't really, like prepare for it as much right. right right i would imagine that too well i will say if you watch the end of jeopardy most of the time people are pretty nice when they lose you know with the other <laughs> contestants but there are obviously times as we've seen over the years when people are not nice <laughs> and when they lose and so i think yeah there's a little more tense than wheel of fortune for sure but i think most people are you know get, get along pretty much how long did it take you to blow through that 83 grand dude <laughs> I paid so off. So personal. You don't have to answer that. It is too personal, but that's okay. I will answer Chewbacca as much as possible. Um, <laughs> You're lucky you are 2,000 miles away right now. We would be getting in a screaming match. Or you're just a nice, hairy person. There's nothing oh, wrong with that. Shut up. Too late. Um, I paid off my student loans immediately. That was the first thing I did. Well, the first thing I did was pay the taxes, obviously. And the taxes were about a third of what I won. Um, and then I paid off my student loans, 
I then I saved a little bit and then I, you know, gave my mom some money and stuff like that and et cetera. So I blew through it pretty fast. I, I kept some of it to use in my normal life. Like I just kind of kept it in my normal account. But most of it, yeah, I blew through it pretty quickly, but it was all for good things. So, Well, yeah, that's like a very good way to I mean, you paid off a major thing. You're debt free. means you get to keep all the money you make now. Yes, exactly. Well, What's that like? also, it happened right after I graduated college. So student loans were on the back of my mind. They were or in front of my mind, I guess. Um, they were the first thing I thought of, so that's why I did it. So you didn't even pay that much interest on your loans? Yeah, no, no, not at all. That is amazing. So that is Kevin's backstory. Well, just one little piece of it. I've known Kevin for five years, and I don't know his whole backstory. (laughs) So much to talk about, yes. But that is his... Game show backstory, we'll say. Yes, that is his game show backstory, and you're also a major... Jeopardy fan. Have you been watching your whole life? I've been watching my whole life. I love Jeopardy. I can tell you anything about Jeopardy, anything you want to know. Do you like Wheel or Jeopardy better? That's a a weird question because I was on Wheel and Wheel is easier to me because I'm a words guy. Like I like words and placement of letters and things. So I like Wheel better, but I think Jeopardy is a better game show, if that makes sense. I 100% agree with you. That that is a fair assessment. Well, I'm always... So, of course. All right. All right. Well, we are here today to talk about the Jeopardy All-Star Games. Um, And literally last night I was like, wow, this is like an all-star game version of Jeopardy. And that is literally what it's called. So I felt kind of stupid. But you know what I mean? It was just such an impressive performance. It's like watching the NBA All-Star Game where they get up to 175 points a team. Um, So what was your reaction when you heard we were doing an all-star game as the tournament this year? Oh my gosh, when I heard about it, I said, that's amazing. That, it's been a few years since they've all come together, the big names of Jeopardy winners. And so, I believe the that, last one was Battle of the Decades. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And that Which was a few was years a ago. Great so, tournament. Such a great tournament. And it was great. And so I was excited to see them back. And then, of course, when I heard it was like a team tournament, I was like, that's, you know, pretty unique and pretty different. And so I, and, and it's great because. All these people who have been in tournaments before have never done team things. So it was something different, unique. And um, I was really excited about it, basically. What do you, do you think the formats were working for you of the two matches for the three teams and each person goes in one round? So that is so unique. And I was not sure I was going to feel about it. I think that it's good only because it's different. It's so different and nobody, you know, the viewers, neither the viewers nor the players really know what to expect because no one's ever, it's never happened before. So I think personally, I love it because it's a challenge and it's pretty different. And I, I like that. Well, so speaking of the, the, of the different format, what do you think of sort of the reality TV show element that they've introduced where you've got the team captains sitting on the stage where the, where, while the other folks are competing? They've got the behind-the-scenes sort of strategy sessions that they're recording. It's, to me, it's pretty awesome. I love the fact that, that they're kind of leaning into the fact that this is kind of a reality show-esque competition. What do you think, Kevin? Yeah, I totally agree. I, I I agree as in I love it. I think it's great. A lot of people, Twitter was roasting at big time. Yeah, I think saw. it was old people on Twitter mostly. Well, some young people too, I think, right? Maybe, I don't know. But I loved it. 
I thought it was great. Well, well, number one, like, it's the 35th anniversary of Jeopardy, so I think they wanted to take time to just recognize the players and who they've had to make Jeopardy what it is today. There's no anniversary special for the show, so, like, this is their kind of time to kind of look back on their, you know, history and the people who really made Jeopardy what it is. But also, it's really cool to kind of see what, especially with teams, which it is so different with teams, to see what that strategy is and what their mindset is and all that stuff. I think, I, I think it's great. I love it, personally. I think it's fantastic. Who do you think has the strongest team, hands down? Hands down, no question, Team Brad, all day long. Easy. Well, we, we, only, we only know three of the... No, but like when they were drafted. Oh, okay. we're, like we're not going of off of what teams. we know about them based on yeah, half before, of the team's performance. Before okay. it started, who did you think had the best team? Correct. I thought it was Team Brad before it even started because I think that Brad, obviously, as most Jeopardy viewers know, Brad Rutter is, you know, the king. He's amazing. He's always won, won the most money ever. Amazing, right? He's great. David Madden, such a strong player, so good, incredible. Larissa Kelly, I feel like people really underestimate her. They, I think they underestimate women in general in Jeopardy. And so, as shown by the only four women in the tournament, in the whole tournament, yes. And so, I think they underestimated her also. And I remember her, and she was incredible and is incredible. And so, I knew that she was going to dominate. And I think those three, there's, in my opinion, there's just no team that can that come close, comes close to that, really. And Brad got the hardest draw having to pick sixth and seventh at the bend. So he had to wait and then pick both of his players back to back. Yeah, that and I, wasn't easy. And I feel like that is also why I feel like people, people, meaning the players, the, the captains, really underestimated Larissa because no one chose her this whole time, <laughs> that whole time. And so I actually think that he did have a disadvantage, but also an advantage because he was able to pick his two at the same time back to back. Too. Well, and, and to your point, I think Larissa by far is the biggest sleeper that we've seen out of the first three teams. And yeah, I mean, I think this goes to Brad's strategy as a sort of general manager here is that he did not have a particularly good draw as far as where he was drafting. And yet he got two incredible players. One of yeah. them was it completely overlooked in Larissa. I, I agree. I think Larissa has been great. Yeah, I think she will dominate and is dominating. And I, I, I mean, I don't want to say who the winner is because you never know what's going to happen. But Team Brad is incredible, basically. Who- Okay, so that he already played, and his team dominated, just kicked ass. Yeah. Um, and so he's into the finals of match two, Team Ken, Team Austin, Team Julia. Who do you think is most likely to move on? Oh, my gosh. <sighs> I think that Team Ken has a good, strong standing. I think that Team Austin is the one to watch. Oh, he has Roger Craig, yeah. I know, Roger Craig. Austin, first off, Austin in general is obviously not, I think there are better players in Austin, but I think that he's strong enough that he can get through. Roger Craig, though, like you said, is so strong and so amazing. So I think the two of them and the other person, I forgot who was the other person on the team, but He has yeah. Leonard Cohen, or uh, <laughs> Leonard Cohen. Yeah, he's got Leonard Cohen. Leonard. No, uh, Leonard Washington, right? That's <laughs> we can look that up. I don't think it's Leonard Washington. I think it is. I think it's Leonard Cooper. I think that might be right. 
<laughs> that's Cooper Leonard is Cooper. Cohen mixed with Washington. <laughs> I don't think it's Washington. What well, we skipped ahead a little bit. You you asked Kevin what he thought of the second match. What do we think of the first wild card match that we that we know is going to happen, which is going to be Team Buzzy versus Team. No, we you're Colby. jumping ahead because there's a third team, and one of these teams might get bumped out. Right, right. and one of the teams I, in the, in the second grouping. Is going to be in the wild card match too. So, yes. yes, at least one team. Yeah, at um, least. So, well, I was trying. I was trying to say, jump to that question because I know Kevin's number one pick on the board of teams is Brad, and he's already played. So, I wanted to see who he thought was like the second best team to Brad. Well, and Brad's already in the fi- or in the yeah yeah the finals. So, yes, thank you for teams. explaining everything we just talked about. Yes, thank you. Shut up! I don't need <laughs> don't I don't rude. need it from both ends here. <laughs> I think Team Ken is the best team of the next round. And I think that of the four remaining, Team Austin is the one who's going to sneak in there. Mm-hmm. I think. Well, it depends on how the wildcard game goes, obviously. But I, I think, mean, I think Buzzy and, and Alex and Larissa are a formidable team. In yeah, the I think finals. we're overlooking Team Buzzy. I think Team Buzzy. Well, okay. well, team Buzzy didn't get the final right I, yesterday. I know. They were well, in position to possibly overtake team Brad as the number one overall scoring team. They just, Buzzy just fucked it up. Yeah. Well, I think that Jennifer, I think I'm worried about Jennifer. I feel like Jennifer may not, I don't know. I feel I'm worried about Jennifer. And I'm also worried about Alex Jacobs. Cause I feel like he, We're worried about freak, too. I feel like he's going to freak himself out and it will ruin the whole game. Basically. Well, do you think he made a mistake, not betting more in the double jeopardies or do you think he was playing strategically and just making sure that Brad could not capitalize on them? Right. I think this, the latter is what he was trying to do. I think he should have wagered more because you know, this, this is your one time to be great. And so I think he should have wagered much more on those double jeopardy or those on daily doubles rather. Um, yes. Yes. In his round. Yeah. I think he definitely it was, should. Uh, team Buzz, you had an interesting strategy where I think that, that once Team Brad got so far ahead, even though it was mathematically possible for Team Buzzy to catch them with the final jeopardy of game two, they were playing not to lose. They were playing to not get third place rather than playing to get first place. And they, I think they, they were okay with second place. They, they figured they, their position was all right, and they kind of just punted. Yeah, I think that might be it, too. And the other thing, too, to remember is that According to Alex in the first day, the other three teams were not watching that at all. They have no idea what happened the entire yeah, time. They're and those yes, yeah, sequestered in the green room, quote unquote. So those were some really great scores for the first round. And so I wouldn't I I'm not really I'm not personally sure if the other teams are gonna reach those high scores, or at least team buzzy score. I don't know. I feel like Ken's team is possible. It's just the first matchup of the first two games that we saw were of some of the most bold players in terms of betting and time on the buzzer. I don't think, I think you're right. I don't think anyone in the next matchup has that buzzer, daily double wager, final jeopardy prowess that the first matchup did, except Craig, who has the highest one day winning total of any player. Right. Well, and, and often also, but Austin's, you know, wild in general. And yeah, so, but he, like, know, really buffed it on the Tournament of Champions. Like, he well, kind of fell. 
yeah, I think that the problem with Austin is that I think he's wager a lot, but I don't think he's going to get a lot to wager, if that makes sense. I think he's going to be in third place and wager everything, but that's not going to matter, basically. Yeah. Who do you think... So, looking ahead to match two of the team members, we got to see some of their strategy about who they put where. Um, Who do you think should go in what pole position for the next game or next match? That is such a good question. Ken, I think, in my opinion, is so good at the buzzer that he has to do... He can't be in Final Jeopardy. He's got to be double. I would say double also, but Brad also did a great job in the first round, the first game, and so maybe that same strategy will work for him. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Well, and you can only play once, one position, one time in your match. So Ken can do single one day, double the next. Right, exactly. Right. So I think, I think Ken will be best suited for double Jeopardy, but maybe, uh, maybe not. <laughs> I think I you put, I think you put Matt Jackson in single Jeopardy tomorrow and let Ken do double and then their Lily, no, who's their third player? Um, let uh, her do final. Um, because Matt's going to be a little wild, for yeah. lack of a better word. He's going to be a little, I think, uptight, but he's quick on the buzzer. So let him get the team out of the gate far enough ahead where he doesn't have the pressure of being the um, double Jeopardy player. Yes. And my only worry about team Ken is Monica. Yes, Monica. That's I would put her at final. Yeah, she's kind of an unproven commodity. I don't I I mean I I don't remember how good she is at any given skill set. Yeah, and that's my big worry for her in final is that I don't know I just don't know how good she is, basically. So I don't know. Maybe she's good. Maybe she's not. I don't know. Well, speaking of things that are uh, inarguably good, how did you like the shit talking that all the teams did against Team Buzzy? That was my favorite ongoing bit of of the first three nights. Was that everybody hates Buzzy? I totally agree. I personally think Buzzy is my husband. He's gonna. We're gonna get married. Soon. I love Buzzy too. But he is getting a child, so too bad. But anyway, not the point. Um, I love this shit talking about Buzzy, and I think it's great. It's awesome. It's hilarious because you know he won, and Austin probably thinks he shouldn't have, and Alan probably thinks he shouldn't have. But oh well. I like that it's like just good natured shit talking too. Like they all probably like Buzzy, but it's become like a bit that they've all sort of bought into where they're all just gonna slam Buzzy every time they get a chance. Well, because like Brad's aging out of it now. You know, Brad's just been there, done that, has won too much. So now Buzzy is the new target. I was gonna say, yeah, I feel like Ken and and Ken and Brad are too old now. And so I feel like they want to be like the cool young kids like Buzzy and Austin and they want to fit in basically. Well, and Ken is just so endearing and lovable that even though he was at one point the greatest, nobody is going to talk shit about him. What are you going to say about Ken? He's, he's the man and he's really nice. Are we sleeping on team Julia? I mean, she's got Seth Wilson, Julia herself and Ben Ingram. See, an eight-game champion and 2014 TOC winner. The problem and with South Carolinian Julia, I Julia is incredible. She's great, 
And the problem is, I don't know. I remember Ben winning, but I don't know much about. I didn't watch him when he was on, so I don't really know much about him. And that's my problem. So yeah, we might be sleeping on Team Julia. Team Julia might be the one to sneak in and get into that third position that we don't know about. Yeah. Please. I think, unfortunately, I'm sad about it, but I think Colby's total is not going to be enough to keep them in the wild card round. Unless someone totally messes it up and gets zero one day and zero the next. Yeah, I I totally agree. But I also think that this, like you said before, I think this first round with the first three teams was so strong that I don't, I really kind of don't really know what's going to happen in this next, the next three like i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen team ken should be really good but i don't i mean i don't i really don't know yeah i mean it's been a while since we've seen roger craig play it's been a really long time since we've seen leonard cooper washington play (laughs) leonard cohen cooper washington (laughs) denzel washington's other son (laughs) Um, and you know it's just maybe they're you know getting up there and like, maybe they've been spending the last 10 years studying, but I don't know. The one I don't know. About Leonard, I don't know how many of these people are on the buzzer. The one good thing about Leonard Cooper is that he's really young. He was really young when he won, and he's still yeah. pretty young. So if there's some kind of random young person's category, which we really didn't see in the first rounds. It's a good point. Uh, yeah, there wasn't much pop, like, current pop culture. Who knows? Leonard could, they could be like a, you know, Grammy winner category. Alan's from pretty last- young. Oh, yeah. He's a, I, I, something tells me Alan's not as tapped into modern pop culture as most of the other players. What's that something that tells you that, Lucas? Uh, the fact that, well, I don't know. He's just a strange I guess, I character. Thought he, I, I, think I he love Alan. Young. He's just a weird dude. I think I thought he was a college champion because he looks so little. But sometimes yeah. I think he just looks like Lily Chin and I get them confused. <laughs> So sorry to both of them. Lily Chin was awesome too. And she was a college champion winner. Yes. Well, who do we who, who are we gonna give we gotta give some some awards at? Who do do we think our MVP from the first two matches? So the just taking into account the three teams that we've seen participate, who who's our MVPs? I would say our MVP, I would say you know, I can't say Brad because he really fucked it up. <laughs> so I feel like, and I can't really say Alice because I feel like I'm gonna say Larissa Kelly. I think Larissa Kelly gets it. Yeah, I I agree. It's either Larissa or, or Alex for me. And yeah, because Alex ran the table in game two in double jeopardy, holding yeah. Brad to four hundred dollars and getting twelve thousand eight hundred dollars himself. Yes. So Holy- that was pretty impressive. I'm gonna get, uh, if Kevin's going to give it to Larissa, I'll give it to Alex Jacob. Okay, great. Okay, well, then who am I going to give it to? Brad. Pam Mueller. <laughs> no, no one on Team Colby really performed, unfortunately. I guess David, he got Final Jeopardy right in Game 1 and kept it competitive in Single J on Game 2. David is my teammate MVP. Whenever they flash to him in the back or in the backstage, he's like fist pumping, he's high-fiving his teammates. David is like the number one uh like spirit teammate guy. Cheerleader. He he should win the yeah. cheerleader award. He should, exactly. Who is your not LVP? Everyone is doing their part, but sort of your mm, 
kind of let down, like expected more? Um, I think it's going to be Seth Wilson because I have no idea who that is. He but, hasn't played yet. I, I know. I'm projecting the future. Oh. But, but no, from the first match, from the nine people we played. I think Colby, in my opinion, I think Colby could have done better. Or maybe Jennifer, Jennifer, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. these teacher tournament winners only have one tournament under their belt. Right. And yeah. so they're not very the tested. Te- the teachers and the college kids have a distinct disadvantage just because there's the data set about them is is less known and they have less experience. Right. And she's just third grade. It's like, okay, well then, how how far are you going to go? No, we're rooting, we're rooting for Jennifer in this house. She is a local product here in, in Colorado. Incredible. She's still a teacher. So amazing. So incredible. And third grade is such a crucial time in a young person's life. But it's third grade. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> Kevin has no respect for third grade. <laughs> no, just third grade is so crucial, but you know, it's not high school. Okay. <laughs> it's not like a real formative yeah, time. It's not like a real grade, like second or fourth. <laughs> no tweets about third graders, please. <laughs> don't don't at Kevin, please. No, please about don't. I'm constantly graders. tweeting about third graders. Don't okay. No, this is getting creepy now. <laughs> it always does. Yep. Welcome so, to the show, buddy. So, looking ahead to game, do you wish there were more combinations that we'd get to see of these teams before we started eliminating them and moving on to the finals? You know, I do, but I also don't know. Yes, yes, and no. I feel like do that without making it even more complicated than it already. It's already very complicated as far as the gameplay goes. I don't know, know, but I. I was gonna say, yeah, like it's you know, I don't know how they. It would be too long because we already have you know, it's already gonna go into May, and so I feel like people are gonna get bored very quickly if that were if there were more mixing of the of the teams. Yeah. The mixing of teams. Yeah. Well, who would you like to see make it into the finals with Brad? Brad, I think, okay, I personally think that the final three teams, are you ready? Yes. <laughs> Team Brad. Team Ken? No, no. not Team, yes, Team Ken. Nope. No, yes, Team right. Ken. And Team Bubby. That's it. <sighs> That's so predictable, unfortunately. I, I, I agree, think though. Yeah, I think but you're 100% I, but right. I, but Jeopardy, as we know, all it takes is one bad daily double or one bad... Well, Roger Craig. Remember, remember that tournament of champions when Roger Craig... Was it Battle of Decades when Roger Craig bet the, and he lost everything? Yeah, he. it was like one of the last few clues on the board, and he yeah. did a true daily double and didn't even... I think he got enough to compete in the final but not enough to possibly win yes that, that's that, that's roger's like strategy though he's always true daily double every time which is awesome that sort of thing is a thing that i think might happen somewhere along this tournament that that i'm not expecting to happen but that's sort of what happened to buzzy yeah they bet it all oh. in the final yeah that's true um that's true. Have you found the clues to be easier than expected? 
So I think so too. Um, another person was telling me how they think this season of Jeopardy in general has had easier final Jeopardies than before. I've actually heard that too. I feel like it's gone in kind of ebb and flows. Like there are some weeks where we're getting all week, we're getting the final Jeopardy right. And then there's some weeks where it's, we're not getting it. The contestants aren't getting it. They really haven't been able to find a balance, I don't think. Yeah, it's like politics. They're all to each side. So anyway, um, <laughs> left or right. Um, so I feel, but yeah, but I'm assuming that they, they, I was just talking with someone else about this, is that Jeopardy, although obviously knowledge is crucial for Jeopardy, it's also about buzzing in and wagering, and there's a lot more to Jeopardy. And so maybe the first few rounds are, they want to see who's the better at the buzzer, who's better at wagering Final Jeopardy, and maybe once we get to the May wild card game in the finals, we'll get the really hard question, answers and questions. So maybe that's it. That's an interesting theory. Yeah, I mean, we were we were half expecting when we started watching to not be able to answer any of the questions correctly. We thought maybe this was just going to be an extraordinarily, just ridiculously tough game, which it has been in some regards, but, you know, I think we got maybe 40% of the questions right, which is yeah. about uh, probably on, on par with how we do in a regular game. Maybe yeah, a little bit right. lower, but... And I think you're right, because I I could count on one hand how many people got the question in the first two rounds, not Final Jeopardy, wrong. I think, like, in Single Jeopardy in Game 1, Brad got the only clue wrong. Like, yeah. Yeah. everyone's getting them right, um, which is interesting. Do we like that? Do we do we want the show to have questions that we can get right, or do we want it to be so extraordinarily hard that it's just like these guys dunking on everybody because they're able to get it, and the the audience is completely clueless? You know, abnormally, Lucas. I think that's a good point. You usually don't make good points, but that's a good point. <laughs> Thank and you. Think, well, it's true, but I think that that is a big part of it is that I think they want to grab people in with a tournament to let them maybe answer a few or question a few answers right at first. And then I re I really think once we get to the finals, it's going to be that, you know, it's yeah, you got to be, be next level difficulty. Well, and to Kevin's point, I think these first three rounds of the two matchups and then the wild card are all about running up the score. It's about amassing as many dollars as you can because it's not like you're trying to win that money. You're just trying to get points. These are basically just points. So I think they want to make it easy for the teams to get as many points on the board as possible. And then, like you said, I think the final, when it's actually going to be for money, will be very hard. Well, if it's about running up the score, then, then we're putting an extra emphasis, even more so than normal, on double jeopardies and... Uh, our daily doubles and final jeopardy. I think because you have more to gamble with. Well, I think, yeah, I think that's the point, especially when you have people there. So I would say a good third of the players are known for making big bets and doing crazy daily doubles and, and doing things like that. I think, yeah, I think that might be the point, especially to, to maybe kind of drum up, you know, more support for the tournament is to have those big moments in the beginning before you get to the hard things later. And that's why we're getting such uneven scores because some people, you know, Buzzy did bet it all in Final Jeopardy and didn't get it right. And Brad did bet it all in the first Final Jeopardy and got it right. So, you know, those teams 
you're going to see big disparity in scores because everyone's going for it, but not everyone's actually getting it right. Do we think that it's going to pay off to do the um, question selection via sort of the game theory uh, strategy that Alex Jacobs sort of made most popular? Like Arthur too, I would say, made it popular before Alex Jacobs. But Alex is, the, is where is Arthur True? That yeah, was my, I said who did Arthur. he piss off in in Jeopardy world um, to not be invited to this. Arthur but I, my my point is, I think it's interesting because I I think as far as smarts go, we're pretty much even. Everybody that's involved with this game is equally as good at trivia as anybody else, or the the the. You know, the, the margin of error is pretty slim. So we may get a pretty good indication as to whether or not the, the game theory strategy actually works. I think so, too. But if you notice, I think, with the exception of maybe Alex, um, that really didn't particularly happen the first round. Like, most, for the most part, they mostly just got to the big numbers first. and Sure, but Alex, Alex, or, yeah, Alex was, was Alex still going one. with his strategy. I think they all were, so it was just really a crapshoot about who was going to find it. Yeah, right. Right. And, of course, if you notice the very first one, the Daily Double was in, like, the $400 clue, like, because mm-hmm. they knew people were going to go for the big money, and then it was, you know. I think Larissa in Double Jeopardy found one of the Daily Doubles second, or no, maybe in the, there was a game where someone playing in the first round got, like, the very first clue as a Double Jeopardy. And then there was there was another instance where somebody who had like twelve hundred dollars got a, a daily double early on, and you know that, that's beneficial. That was Brad. That was when he started his run. Right. It's beneficial because the other team doesn't have an opportunity to get a daily double later on the round. However, obviously, if you get it early, you don't have the opportunity to really cash in. But I actually think it's not as bad to get it early as Trebek makes it out to be. Anytime it comes really early, Trebek pretends like it's the end of the world oh no well i think it is i think trebek is right normal for normal games i think you're right they were the point that in the tournament it's almost like a defensive move to kind of get it first yeah so that yeah you're right like no one you can only build up your score if you just know the knowledge and buzz in and that's it yeah i think in a regular game or even just in these games if you find it too early you lose the chance to be able to separate yourself from the pack but if you find them in a tournament like this, it was cr- it would have been a completely different game if Alex had not found those two daily doubles and Brad or even Colby had. Yes. It would not have allowed Alex to get up to $1,200, $12,000. Well, that goes to my point is, is, is Alex intentionally seeks out the, the daily doubles because of his strategy as far as what questions he chooses. So that, that's, that sort of goes back to my point is that I think we'll see whether or not Ultimately, that's the most effective way to do it because Alex does it better than anybody, and he got almost thirteen thousand in game two on double jeopardy. Yeah, is- but I don't think that I don't think that I don't, that's what I'm saying. I don't think that he particularly did it as much he did in, in the regular games this time. I think he just sort of I literally think he just stumbled upon them because he didn't really do the game theory this time as much as normal. I think he just kind of went to a category and did the big numbers and found them basically. Alex seems very unexcited to be there, I would say. Yeah, what do you think of of Alex's look now, like, say, four or five years after his prime, 
Kevin, what do you think? He he seems like he's going through something. If if you're if I was going to be completely honest, I totally agree, and I think he was very unnerved, and I think he or nervous really, and I think he was just, I yeah, I don't know what's happening. I, I don't I was, either. Some something's going on with my man Alex. He doesn't look well. No, he does not look well. No, and I think the pressure of a big tournament like this on a pretty good team like Buzzy, um, is it, or maybe Buzzy, or maybe Buzzy's like cracking the whip. And maybe, maybe we yeah. don't know that. Maybe that's not on the camera. Maybe it's some kind of strategy we don't know. Well, they brought this up. They were talking about preparing for this and how all these contestants live all over the country. How do you think they prepared for these things? Because it's not like a trivia team where you can have one person who's going to be really good at history, one person who's going to be good at sports because you're playing individual rounds. So how do you think the preparation for this went? I, that's a really good question. I don't, I don't. I I don't I don't know, especially since they live so far away. I don't I don't know. I feel like I'm sure they met at some point because it's been months and months and months. But I you know I I don't know. I I don't know how they prepare for this because one well one like I said before it's it's different. <laughs> it's yeah. a different format in general. So I don't know how you really prepare for it because no one really knows what to kind of expect. Uh, but two, um, they're living their own lives. <laughs> yeah. So, Jennifer is teaching third graders. Yeah, right. So handling third graders and, and studying, maybe, presumably, on the side. I don't really know. Yeah. I, maybe I, I they think kind really... of all met and figure out what their strengths and weaknesses were and then sort of had tasks. Like, okay, I got a lot of history questions wrong. It's going to be on me to study a lot of history this time around. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. Or maybe, yeah, or maybe... I'll handle opera. You guys handle everything else. <laughs> but you can't do that because then you don't know what the categories are going to be. You can't be a single topic player. See, th- this is this goes to my point of I think they all figure they're at a relatively level playing field as far as their knowledge goes, and it's the it's the secondary skills that are going to differentiate the teams. Buzzer speed. Well, that's why betting. they didn't put Alex on final because they said he's really good at the buzzer. Yep. And, yeah. Um, they probably well. I think they they must figure that that they're that as far as if they are able to buzz in and answer a question, there's a ninety nine point nine percent chance they're going to get the question right. Yeah, right. Except for Brad in the second round, in the second game. Um, but yes, I think that's yes. That's it. I think I think especially in the first round, not in the finals. I think the buzzer play, picking the right things, maybe luckily finding daily doubles. All of that really matters much more, in my opinion, than the actual knowledge. Because obviously they're all great. Yep. And I think it's much more about that. And so maybe that's what they were practicing. Maybe they were practicing buzzer time and figuring it out. And if you notice Colby, for example, Colby was terrible. Oh, yeah, so he, he was. Yeah, he was absent from much of much of the rounds he was playing just because he wasn't able to buzz in on time. He did okay in the first game in single Jeopardy. He was literally doing what every but you should not do for a Jeopardy contestant, which is hit the buzzer 20 times. Yeah, it. That doesn't exactly. <laughs> and so, um, what is and it? Is it, is it one second or three seconds that they lock you out as soon as you hit it? One? It, it's a certain number of seconds that as soon as you hit it, you're locked out. So slamming on the buzzer doesn't do you any good. No, right, exactly. And Brad was able to get in there every time on the first game. Yeah. It was, I think Brad like threw it on the second game because he just knew they didn't have to Play to, they just had to play not to lose. Yes, right. Yeah, and I, I, I it didn't matter if they won by one dollar or fifty thousand dollars if they get into the final. 
Yeah, I feel that way. Yes, I, I totally agree. I was thinking the same thing, that he wasn't trying nearly as hard to really do super well because they were so out ahead before that. And I think Team Buzzy employed the same strategy, except they weren't worried about winning. They were worried about not losing. They didn't just, they, all they wanted to do was not come in last. Yeah, have a good second place score. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like that first day of, the, of any tournament where you just don't want to end the day with zero. Yes. And then Buzzy messed up and ended the day with zero. Yeah, yes. Buzzy really fucked that up. <laughs> Would this game have been better if it were all three players on the dais at once with all 12, six teams and like 200 clues on the board? What if it had just been a massive chaos jeopardy? That, yeah. You know what? I would have rather one, not rather, because I think I like what's going on now, but one other idea is to see each person do an entire game, have three different days, and just combine all three of those scores. Mm. That way, you can really see how good someone is at Je- Jeopardy round or Final Jeopardy or whatever it is, or how bad they mm-hmm. are. No, I agree. I mean, if they could have convinced these competitors to block off four months of their schedule or whatever, that would be the best way to do this. Yeah. I mean, but, I mean, you, you can't just convince somebody to move from... Longmont, Colorado to LA in the middle of the school year so she can do her. It wouldn't have taken that long. They would have filmed, they probably filmed all these games in the span of a week. Yeah, probably. Probably. You just heard the game show contestant himself say they film five games in a day. They do. And this is only six, this is only eight game tournament. Yep. Yep. So they could have done this in a week. What do we think of like the the possibility of doing it like a quiz bowl style where they are allowed to confer with one another, uh, where it's actually like team versus team. So you have three players out there, three players for each three teams out there on the dais at one time. Remember those quiz bowl shows they yeah. have for like high school kids that they would play on like PBS? Yeah, yeah, of course. I think the problem with that is Jeopardy. You lose the buzzer. Yeah. Well, and the problem with that is that, that, that they would get every question right. I mean, there's no way with the brain trust of three players they would ever get a, a question wrong. Well, yeah, but more than that, I think people expect Jeopardy to move fast, and that wouldn't happen. <laughs> well, That's the problem. I'm glad that you brought that up because that was part of the criticism that I saw on, on social media about this is that, that there weren't enough questions just because we only got one or two rounds per game or per, per night. But uh, I think it was Alex that, that made a point on Twitter that, you know, even if it's just one round, 30 questions for a single trivia game is more than you'd get in essentially every other trivia game. You're not yeah. getting that many questions in, you know, who wants to be a millionaire every night. Yep. Yep. I was just talking to, to the, about this with someone else and, and my game show blog that I follow. And they had said the same thing. There's a pretty much no other show that does that. Even in Millionaire, you get maybe... At the most, ten to fifteen, maybe. Right. Yeah. Um, but that, but also, I feel like it's the you know you have to introduce the players. You have there are people who obviously didn't follow the draft. If they're older viewers, they don't. They're not on Facebook, maybe, and so they you know well, they're on Facebook. Them. They're ruining Facebook. <laughs> yeah, or or yes, or they're ruining Facebook because they're on too much. <laughs> so, so you have to kind of introduce them. You have to do that too, and so yeah. Well, yeah, I think, you know, probably day one garnered a lot of criticism because it was weird to watch one single Jeopardy round and that was it. Yeah. But right. for all the people who are out there 
nervous about it, the rest of the games will be played as normal because we don't have to reintroduce the players every time. Yes, right. Well, except for the, the next one. Yes, but they'll do that quick. They'll do it like they did for day two, where they just, when they're doing what they would normally do in the commercial break during single jeopardy, they're going to do that before each round. Yes. And that'll be pretty quick. Did you, did I just completely blank on something? Did you guys know that Brad was an actor? Like, what, um, what is Brad I, now an actor? Yeah, or? that's what they said, that, that he was I an think, actor and producer. I think he became one after he won. I know that he produced his own game show, like a quiz bowl show, like you were saying. He produced, like, he literally uses money to create a quiz bowl show, and he is the host of that show. Yeah, and like other stuff like that. What a yeah. buzz. Okay, so he's not movie. not like doing like dramatic acting roles. Well, I mean, he might be on This Is Us tomorrow. You never know. Let's hope. I'm, I'd maybe watch it. <laughs> you love This Is Us. Okay. No, he really doesn't. Um, okay, well, is there anything else that we have not covered about this tournament that we need to? <laughs> have we said who we think is going to win the whole thing? Team that Brad. would be, yeah, Team Brad. I don't think team. I don't know. I'm I'm torn I'm, between what I want and what I think will happen. I, I'm going to go out on a limb just to be a contrarian. I'm going to pick team Ken. It you know Ken is great, so I don't know. Yes. Not as hot great. a take as you think. It is. Well, I know, of course not. But if you guys are both picking team Brad, I'll take team Ken. Well, I'm just right. going to say that every time Brad has taken on Ken, Brad's won. So I'm just saying that team Brad's going to win. All right. I'm going to go super wild card and say Team Austin. I think Team Buzzy has got too many winners on it. And we just, Buzzy and Austin don't need to win another tournament. Um, my, my money's on Team Austin. You think Team Buzzy is like that super team they said the Philadelphia Eagles were in like 2009? When this they... is not a sports podcast. All right. <laughs> yes, I agree with whatever you say. Ha ha ha. I think you're right, Carly. Carly. Carlina, because I think that the thing that people are underestimating is how wild Team Austin is. And I think either they're going to do something crazy in the game or they're going to throw off Ken or something like that. And I think I think that's the one to watch is Team Austin. They're the ones. Who knows? Yes. All right. What else are you watching, Kevin? Oh, I'm all caught up on This Is Us, of course. Oh, I just learned on Twitter, as um, Carly saw on Twitter, that Johnny Bananas is the host of First Look. And I did not know that. Yeah, it's a big move for him. Um, I don't know. It's it's weird for me to watch him now on the challenge because it's like there's no real stakes for yes, him being right. on it anymore because it's like you have a really cush job now. Well, clearly not. He got eliminated and didn't give a shit. Well, exactly. So I think like there are no stakes for him being on the challenge anymore. So maybe it is time for him to hang up his, his spurs. Under Armour his Under Armour Spurs. Yes. He has a whole and... career now, but he said he's going to keep going back. So okay. <laughs> Supposedly. Well, they pay him good money. I'm sure he gets paid like twenty thousand. Um. So yeah, but he's off the show, which is really going to be interesting for the dynamic of the challenge this year. That's going to. What be else are you watching? Some people call Any bananas. <laughs> Kevin, you um, see any of that new Lorena Bobbitt documentary? I did. <laughs> What'd you think? I did. No, I didn't. Sorry, I did not see the documentary. I oh. saw the 2020 special on her. I've not watched the documentary yet. No. Oh. Kevin, do you watch One Day at a Time on Netflix? 
I don't watch One Day at a Time on Netflix. Yeah. Okay, you should. I think you'd like it. It's just like a warm hug of a TV show. Well, I love uh, Rita Moreno. She's amazing. Oh, she's hilarious. Any EGOT club member is fantastic. You should watch it. It oh, is very Oscars funny. Are, the Oscars! <laughs> yeah, it, it's Oscar Sunday, Kevin. Who are you wearing? I am wearing... Um, I'm wearing clothes. Well, <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I wonder why you didn't have the video chat on yours. I'm wearing Target sweatpants and a Savannah Bananas t-shirt. Who do you think is going to win Best Picture, Kevin? <sighs> okay. I think it's either Roma, Black Panther, or Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. And I, I know, I know, I know, I know, right? I know. And I think it's I okay. I think Roma is actually going to be the winner, but I think if it's not Roma, I think it will be either Black Panther or Bohemian Rhapsody. And I think it's because they took away the best popular film category that they were going to have, and now they are going to say you deserve this. And Roma, I think, may not win because it's a Netflix film, and Hollywood hates Netflix. So I think that that's a problem. Have you seen Roma? I have not seen Roma. No. Me either. I think potentially. A Star is Born might actually win Best Picture because, because the Brian Singer Bohemian Rhapsody thing has just tainted that movie. I don't think anyone can give it the Best Picture statue without it also honoring a terrible person. Um, Green Book, same deal with the screenwriter and just sort of the bad taste it left in people's mouths. And then I think because the Academy didn't nominate Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born... Oh. It's going to be like a 2013 Argo thing again, where they give it best picture. Like, sorry. That is such a good point. And, and Barbara Streisand is going to be at the Oscars and she won 50 years ago this year for a star is born. So I'm just saying it's right there. God, that was 50 years ago. I know that like, she didn't win for a star is born. She won one of them. I think, I think I thought she did. Maybe she didn't, but I thought she did. I, thought one of her I think she did because the whole curse surrounding the movie is that like none of it's never won oh. the Oscars that it was supposed to. I think she oh. won for Funny Girl. Shoot. Well, I'm wrong. <laughs> Shoot. We're going to have to just delete this entire podcast now. Um, but she will be there. And I just think it'll be sort of an Argo. And then with the preferential ballot system, it might get enough to number two votes that it'll get up there. I think that's a good point. Yeah, I think that's a good point with the Argo. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Because I don't know. I mean, there's just like no, no far and away winner this year. And it's not between two like it normally is. Um, so it's very interesting. Maybe Bohemian Rhapsody and Green Book will split the moron vote and an actually deserving movie will win. Nice. Ooh, maybe a tie. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, she did win the best song, though, so we'll probably see. Do you think the shallow performance will be any good? I'm nervous uh, about it. Well, After I'm, the Grammys. Is she going to yeah. perform the same song that she just performed a week and a half ago? Yeah. Yes. Well, it's yes. with Riley Cooper. That's the difference. Mm. And, and me. I will be singing it in our living room. Yeah, I know. And the rest of the country. <laughs> I'm very I'm, good at it, though, unlike the rest of the country. I'm sure the performance will be fine. I bet... Best song, though, no question, a star, uh, Shallow, for sure. Yes. Um, they're definitely going to be walking the red carpet together and sitting next to each other, but I don't think they're a couple, even though she just broke up with her fiancé. 
Who, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga? Yeah, Lady yeah, Gaga. Of course they're not a couple. Bradley Cooper's gay. Okay, we, no. I, we've talked about this. Okay. He oh. is! Kevin, what thoughts? I don't know if he's gay or not. I will let him come out when he wants to. That is- yeah, of course. I'm not, I'm not trying to force him out. I'm just saying. But don't say out Bradley Cooper. Fact. <laughs> oh yeah, it's me. I'm 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 a real trailblazer with this no, take. You say it as a fact. You need to phrase it as an opinion. <laughs> okay, this so is an opinion. So we don't get sued. Because <laughs> I know Bradley listens, and I know Irina Shayek listens. I don't even know who that is. That's his girlfriend. Oh, okay. So Bradley. come after me, Irina Shayek. <laughs> Bradley's a beautiful man. He and- is. I know. He should live his life however he feels. Yes. Amen. Go Bradley. Yes. Whatever yes. his sexuality, I don't think he's in love with the mother of his child and his current girlfriend. So I hope he just finds happiness, wherever that may be. Well, Michael Ian Black. Single, like you said. Hmm? Michael Ian Black. Stop it. Oh, Everyone likes that Wet Hot American Summer scene. It's I'm hilarious. Just, I need you to calm down. All right. <laughs> All right, Kevin. Well, we will stop this recording. But thank you so much, Kevin, for being a guest on Basic Cable. We love your insight. Oh, my God. Of course. Of course. No, no. It was no question. You know, I just realized when you said it that my video has been off this whole time. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Ours has been off. No, I've been watching still. I just, I thought mine was on. I just didn't see it, but it's not on. (laughs) I don't know why. But no, we're just looking at each other. Oh, well, but thank you for, for taking some time. We know you have to get to bed early. You're one of those overnight shift workers. <laughs> those overnight shift workers. When is this airing? I don't know. This ended up being longer than I thought it would be, so this might be its own episode. Oh, yeah, it's got to be. Oh, so, Kevin, Kev, we, we have a special episode that we haven't aired yet uh, Featuring some Savannah folks. It'll be a, a real uh, nice surprise when it's that drops. It's going to be drops. like a Christmas episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Not going to air for a while. Camp. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, maybe. We were I pretty hammered. Fitting. It was pretty good. But, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this ending one more time. Do your vape. Just... I'm, I'm not vaping okay. near you. All right. All right. Three, two. Okay. Kevin, thank you so much for being a guest on Basic Cable. We love your insight. We love your humor. We miss you very much. But we're glad you were able to be our second guest. Thank you, Kevin. I, I love you, buddy. Thanks so much. It was so much fun. It was a blast. Go team Brad. And we'll have to have you on for some other shows because you are just a wealth of TV knowledge and opinions. Yes, that's true. Oh, you know, I'm watching a million little things. It's so good. Okay, great. Okay, I was I was in that for like five episodes and then failed it out, but I think I might watch it over the summer. It's 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 interesting. It's interesting. Do- do you think I look like Ron Livingston? Absolutely not. No. Right. I've gotten that before. <laughs> You're much more Jake Johnson than Ron Livingston. You're like a mix of Jake Johnson and Ron Livingston. I'll take it. He'll take it. All right, Kevin. We love you and we will talk to you soon. Love you. Bye. Bye. Love you, bud. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us. That was our conversation with Kevin. And a wonderful conversation it was. Thank you for joining us, Kevin. Kevin is so awesome. We'll put how to reach him. He's okay. Uh, no, Kevin's awesome. He's all right. You're just mad because he calls you super hairy. Well, I mean, he just tries to 
just push my buttons. I get it. And it works. <laughs> yeah, I know. But if you want to push Kevin's buttons, we'll tell you how to reach him. <laughs> and hopefully Kevin will join us for more discussions on a lot of shows in the future. So thank you all for listening. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us, Kevin. And we're probably going to be back pretty soon this week with a True Detective season finale wrap-up. Do we want to just do like a quick thing about what we promised people we would talk about on this episode? We didn't like Pen15 that much. We didn't like Velvet Buzzsaw that much. Game over. That's it. But we were going to do that. We have a whole other episode to talk about that stuff. We, uh, that was like three, four weeks ago. I'm just, I'm just letting them know how we stand right now. We didn't like Velvet Buzzsaw or Pen15. We promised we'd give a review. That's my review. We didn't like it that much. We could have talked about this tomorrow with True Detective. Uh, we got plenty to oh talk about. Oh, my God. All right, everyone. We will see you later if I have not just tossed Lucas out of here. Goodbye. Basic Cable is hosted and produced by Carly and Lucas. Music you hear at the beginning and end of our episode, courtesy of bensoundmusic.com. Thank you for all you do, Ben.